From Pain to Purpose is a show that will bring inspiration, love, and healing to your lives. It's a show that will teach you that your trials and tribulations in life is only temporary and that it's only preparing you for your greatest calling. A show that will give you the courage to share your story with the world and not care what others may think or say. For your story is the key that will unlock someone else's prison. What was meant to kill you, God used it to prosper, restore, and strengthen you. To always remember that without pain, your purpose cannot be fulfilled into the power that God has ordained you to walk in. From Pain to Purpose by Asia Monique. Stay tuned. Speak your truth. Today on the show, we have Miss Betty Bostick. Welcome to Pain to Purpose, Miss Betty Bostick. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, of course, my name is Betty Bostick. I'm 29 years old, born and raised in Savannah, Georgia. Um, I went to high school at Savannah High. Raised on the east side of Savannah. Only girl with two brothers, and that's just about it. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about where your pain began. Let's see. Well, my pain began in childhood. I was molested when I was younger. In my teenage life, it, you know, it turned to the homosexuality. And that's pretty much where it began. Okay, so I know you said that you were molested. Mm-hmm. What At what age were you molested? It was around the age of seven. And was it a family member, a family friend? Yeah, it, it was a family member. Oh, wow. Could you elaborate on a little bit about your molestation and how it led? Do you think that led into your homosexuality? Yes, most definitely. I do believe that it did lead into it because, um, I mean, growing up being molested by a family member is like, who do you trust? And it, it was by a man, so it's, of course I was scared of men, mad at men, angry for a long time. So I don't know. I think I just was looking for love in all the wrong places, and that's just how it happened. Wow. Okay. So through your stages of going through your identity crisis, did your family judge you? Did they try to get an understanding of why you were into females? Or how did that go? I wouldn't say I was judged. I would say I I was I wasn't judged. I was they would they tried to get an understanding well and you know they they couldn't figure out why they couldn't understand why and was it a close family member yes it it was okay so to this day do you still see that family member and you know do you get any emotions like that take you back to that moment yes i see them all the time and the, the emotions no i i really don't feel any emotions anymore about the situation all um, my for- I forgave him, so all the emotions that I used to have aren't there anymore. It's nothing but love now. Wow. So how do you, how did, like, 
how did you forgive him? Like, because that's something, to me, that sounds traumatizing. Like, how did you, like, truly forgive someone who basically took your virginity? It was a process. Um, But I think the final straw for me to really forgive was for me to move forward in my life. So I had to forgive them in order for me to move forward. And the Bible also speaks about, you know, you have to forgive your brothers and your sisters if you want God to forgive you. So I thought about everything that I've done and I, I wanted forgiveness for the things that I've done. And, you know, if God can forgive me, I can forgive others. And I, I just needed to move forward with my life. I didn't want to be stuck in that same place anymore. So I just had to move forward. And did that person apologize? Did they recognize? Did they realize what they did to you? Did they realize the pain that they caused? Or you guys had that conversation or no? It was never a conversation, but I think they know. It was never anything that we talked about. It was just, I, I had a, I'll just say my forgiveness was between me and God. It was me working on myself. I never had that conversation with him. Not yet. I'll say not yet. I never had the conversation, but it, it'll be a day for it. Okay. And what different emotions did you battle when, like, when you were dealing with your homosexuality? Well, the different emotions that I battle, um, lots and lots of anger. I had anger problems. Um, low self-esteem. I battled with low self-esteem for a while. I was emotionally, emotionally unstable for a while. I just couldn't understand why I... Those were the things that I really battled. Anger was the, was the worst one. Mm-hmm. I was angry. And... When did you... Well, did you ever open up to your mom or your dad about the family member? Like, did you ever tell them that that has happened to you? At what age did you tell your, you know, your parents or close friends that that has happened to you? Well, I kept it a secret for a long time. I kept it to myself because I didn't want anybody to know or look at me like it was my fault or anything I just didn't understand it at the time. And growing up, I just thought if I hit it in my mind that I would get over it. But as I start to grow and I realized I needed to move forward in my life, I feel like I had to open up to someone. And I finally told my mom I was 20, 26 or 27 at the age that I told my mom. I told her like later on in life when I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, You're 29 now? I'm 29. Wow. Wow. And how did she take that? Uh, she took it hard. She she took it hard. And um, I explained to her that it wasn't her fault. And you know that it's something that, that I have to deal with. She doesn't have to deal with it or handle it in the way that she would want to handle it. It's, it's between me, that person, and God. Wow. Mm. And when did you get to the point where you said, enough is enough you're tired of living this lifestyle you you're ready to just change your life it happened overnight i would be out partying smoking drinking doing whatever i wanted to do and now i went home one night and i laid in my bed and i woke up the next day and i was like man i need god 
it came out of nowhere. I wasn't brought up in the church. I went to church when I was younger, but I, was, I wasn't raised in the church, so I knew it had to be God calling me. It literally happened overnight. And ever since then, I started feeling guilty for everything I was doing throughout the day, but I would still do it, you know, because that was my daily routine. I couldn't shake it just like overnight. I would go home and I would cry. I would just cry my eyes out and I would pray like, Lord, I don't want to live like this anymore. Save me. I want a husband. I want a family. I want children. I can't get out of this lifestyle without you. I, I just need your help. Mm-hmm. And did you, uh, how did you tell the friends that, your friends that from that lifestyle, how did you tell them, like, look, I'm not living that lifestyle no more. I, I'm changing my life. How, how did they take it? It was just a conversation that I had with my close friend at the time. We were sitting in a room, we were just chilling, and I was like, hey, I don't want to be gay anymore. And she looked at me for a while, and she was like, you know what? I was thinking the same thing. I was like, no, what's up? Let's let's do it. And then, you know, next week she had on a skirt, and then I was like, hold up, wait, um, wait a minute, give me some time. I wasn't ready. You know, it's a thought. So, you know, we that's just how we did it. We did it together. So it wasn't really a hard task. I mean, people looked at us some type of way and they judged us. But, like, we did it together. We was in the streets together and we just, we came in together. We came to Christ together. So that was a blessing. That's a blessing. So how is she now? Like, she's still on that, on she, the right track? Yeah, she's married with kids now. Oh, okay. Yes. Wow, that's a blessing. Well, what advice would you give to those who's battling homosexuality and wants to change but they feel like they can't well speaking from experience I would I would say to them that it's always a way out no matter in your mind how much you think that you can't get out because it's it's a lie from the enemy the enemy would tell you like it's no way out you in this lifestyle you're just gonna be like this forever it's, it's, it's no change for you and he's a liar and I'm living proof that he's a liar. So I just want to tell him it's, all, it's, it's always a way out. Jesus is the way. You know, you don't have to be alone in it. You can reach out to somebody who you think will listen. And don't stay quiet. Speak out. Excellent. Don't be afraid to ask anyone for help. Speak your truth. Speak your truth. Amen. I got a uh, question for you. When you were saying that you told your, uh, your parents about you know, the family member that molested you or whatever, family member say anything to him about it after the fact when you let him know like how like I guess how the relationship between them now after knowing that everything is fine because I made it clear that I did not want anybody to handle it without me because I feel like that was that's it's my job it happened to me although you know what happens to me it affects everybody but it's my job to deal with it nobody else's so I made it clear and everyone's fine it's it's love it's it's no it's no hard feelings. It's nothing. I mean, what happened, happened. And I'm not just trying to push it over or sweep it under the rug. But, like, once you really forgive somebody, you can't hold nothing over their head. That's true. You like, were you, um, before you got molested, um, I know you were younger. Did you have any attraction to boys before that or during the time? Even though you said that, you know, you were scared of them. But, like, even during that time growing up as a teenager, were you ever, did you ever find yourself, like, attracted to a boy when you just Yes, I say I. I'll say I was. I mean, that's the natural state of you know, of being a woman. It was, but like it was always, like no, nah, I'm I'm good. 
Like, did you um like did you have a lot of male friends growing up? I do. I'm the only girl with two brothers, so of course all of their friends were my friends and. I just have a family full of boys, and I was always surrounded my whole life. And what are your views on homosexuality now? My views on homosexuality now, uh, well... When you look back, like, do you think it's just a spirit or... What are your I views? feel, yeah, yeah, I, I know it's, it is it is a spirit. In my views on it, I mean, of course I feel like it's wrong because I, I live the life of Christ. Back then when I didn't know better, you know, I didn't know. I just thought it was just like, that's just something you go through is, is life. But you know, now that I look at it now, I've grown older and I'm more mature in Christ. It's, it's a spirit. It's most definitely a spirit. It's a spirit of perversion to be exact. You mean not myself as in like accepting Christ in my life? Yeah. Or uh, it was just like, boom, I know that's it. Like, I just know. I just, I knew. I knew because I didn't grow up in the church and these wasn't like familiar feelings that I had. So I knew it had to be God and I chased them with everything in me once I felt that it was, it was just drawing after drawing after drawing. He would not turn me loose. Like, it was a whole process. So I just, I ran after him, and I'm still going. And did you have any wake-up calls, like, doing your past lifestyle? Like, maybe car accidents or just things to try to get your attention, but you didn't really catch yeah. it? Well, the things that I did experience, they, they most definitely got my attention. I, I caught it right away. I knew what it was. I I, I did I actually did get in the car accident like when I decided to change. It was it was a thought at first and I, it was a process in my mind. Like, okay, I wanna do this but how? And then one night I was riding with my my brother's ex wife. We would we were riding and she ran the stop sign and we got hit on my side, like T boned by a minivan. We was in a two door Saturn. Got hit on my side, I hit my head on the window. And I knew immediately that it was the devil trying to take me out before I can fully give my life to Christ. So everything that the devil tried to use to get me to run away, it made me run to God. You um, Did you like any of your family members, know you say you didn't grow up in church per se, but did any of your family members, um, you know, kind of judge you or look down on you for trying to go to Christ? Or were they supportive? Or were they supportive in it? Everybody's supportive. Everybody is very supportive of it. You know, I, I feel like in in a way they look up to me. You know, I never thought thought I'd see the daylight. People that are older than me come to me for advice, you know, or for prayer or for anything. Um, So they're very supportive for the most part. No one has ever doubted me. They've always pushed me in whatever I wanted to do. They've never tried to force me to live my past. They always told me to, you know, do what you want to do. You know, if this is for you, it's for you. You go forth. And what I can say for the uh, for the listeners, this is my first time ever meeting you. Like, I've never seen you, never met you, anything. So when you came in the room, first, you had 
had this fear about yourself. Like, it was just real calm. Just came in the room. Thank God for that. I can say that about you. Have you ever tried to like steer someone away from homosexuality? All the time. All the time. I I don't pressure them or I don't judge them like, oh, this wrong. You're going to hell. I give them my testimony mm-hmm. and I let Jesus do the work. I give them the word. I give them the word of God and I, and I love them. Mm-hmm. I love them. I tell them I don't look at let I don't look at them any different or you know, anything like that. I just, my testimony draw you overcome wow. by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. So that's, that's how you draw, you draw people with love. You don't, you can't beat someone over the head and expect them to change. You got to draw them with love. Pain to purpose. Yes. Where are you now in Christ? Like what's your position in the church? Are you a minister? Are you a youth minister? Like what, what, like what's your position in the church? Well, right now I I am over intercessory prayer. Yes, I am. I'm not an ordained minister at this moment, but yes, I, I do work with the youth as well. So yes. And how did you find your purpose through your pain? Jesus, Jesus. That was the only way I could ever find it. I couldn't see my way, so He had to show me. Thank you, Miss Betty, for coming to, on Pain to Purpose podcast and sharing your story with us. And I hope that your story has touched someone's life, the ones who's listening. How can the listeners find you, Miss Betty? They can find me on Facebook at Betty Shantae Bostick. And can you spell that out? B E T T Y S H U A N T A E. B-O-S-T-I-C-K. All right. Betty Shante Bostick. Betty Shante Bostick. Okay. Are you on Instagram or just Facebook? Just Facebook. Okay, awesome. So if any of the listeners have any questions or need any advice, you can contact Miss Betty at Betty Shante Bostick on Facebook. And I thank everyone for tuning in on Pain to Purpose podcast with Aisha Mooney. Please join us next time on Pain to Purpose Podcast. Have a great day. Until next time from Pain to Purpose Podcast with Aisha Monique. You can find me on Facebook at Aisha Monique. And you can also find me on Instagram at underscore Aisha, A-I-S-H-A underscore Monique, M-O-N-I-Q-U-E.